Hello everyone and welcome to Discussing Trek. Today we are here to review Lower Decks Season 2 Episode 9, Wedge Dudge. If I'm saying it right, I probably am not, but there you go. Like always, I'm your host Clarence and I'm joined by my fellow co-hosts slash Trekkies starting today with special guest Tasha Pierce. How are you doing, Tasha? I am well. How are you? I am doing great. Glad to finally have you on. Man, I'm glad to be here. Feel like I had to travel a thousand light years just to get to this show. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you made it. <laughs> yeah, and I, f- I feel like I'm on top now. We're moving on up. <laughs> so so why don't you tell everybody about your YouTube channel and, and what you do on the internet? Um, well, I talk about movies, TV, and entertainment, and I have a specific interest in sci-fi superheroes and sports. I don't do too much sports talk on this on that uh, channel, but I got you covered with the sci-fi superhero fantasy stuff. So if you like uh, that type of entertainment, come over to After the Snap on YouTube. Yeah, that's After the Snap on YouTube. I encourage everybody to go check Tasha out. I really have been enjoying her live shows. So if you catch her doing a live show, you can jump in and, and chat along with her. So I, I, I thank, thank you for coming on to talk about Lower Decks with us. Oh, I appreciate you having me. And also on the podcast, we have Jonathan Shorts. How you doing, man? I am doing wonderful, man. Just wonderful. Enjoying a nice uh, 26th hour in the Delta Quadrant, <laughs> settling in in my 10 forward room here, trying to, you know, talk a little bit about some lore decks and hopefully it's a good conversation. Oh, mm, I didn't like the. Oh, mm. yeah. That sounded like a question. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you gotta wow. say it with your chest, Jonathan. <laughs> Very interesting. Also on the podcast, we have Cal Jones. Cal, what's up, man? You know what? I was about to say that I was happily sitting in my console room, and then I realized, hey, I'm on the wrong show. But I will follow <laughs> up and say I'm glad to be here. All right. In all the space of time, glad glad that you would join us, sir. Ooh, good comeback. Thanks, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. Glad to be back on to talk about what I think is a very good episode, but no spoilers. We'll get into all that a little bit later. So what we do here on this podcast is review each and every episode of Star Trek in somewhat excessive detail. In addition to talking all things Trek, please leave a review and also like and subscribe on whatever podcasting platform you're currently listening on to make sure you don't miss an episode. Now it's time for our new segment, Trek Trivia. Trek Trivia is where we ask a burning Trek related question. Jonathan, what was our last question and what was the answer? Oh, man. All right. So if you guys remember last week, we had a question. Actually, we did a little education on dilithium and then Trek world and Trek verse. Dilithium is actually on the periodic table at a specific number. That specific number on our actual periodic table corresponds with the um, with what's Francium? I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. So, uh, what number is that on the Trek World periodic table? Did anybody come up with an answer? <laughs> Without Googling? <laughs> no. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> uh, it was a kind of a deep Trek reference. It was only mentioned twice and throughout Trek. So, uh, that number is 87. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I don't, I, I never would have got that. I did look it up. But but yeah, that's that's a pretty that's a deep cut right there. <laughs> Very deep. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, and I'll give you guys one more question before we get into it for next week. And so a little education real quick. So Gene Roddenberry tells us that there are pri- presently five galaxy class starships in existence. Presumably, one is including the USS Galaxy, after which the class is named. Another we know of as the awesome Enterprise D. And there was one more named ship that we've all seen in the episode that will be part of this five. What is it? Hmm. Oh, oh, my God. And the other two were never, never named up till TNG. I don't think after that, I don't think we had any, but the other two, he left specifically unnamed to leave room for writers in future episodes. What is the name of that ship? 
So we got, we're presuming USS Galaxy. There's never been mention of it in Trek lore, but if you follow suit with the rest of the classing names of the ship, there's always a namesake in that class. It's the first ship. So we would say USS Galaxy. Mm-hmm. We would say USS Enterprise and we would say USS blank. It was that sister ship. I can almost remember it. I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. Vegetable. USS Tomato. <laughs> Isn't tomato a, technically a fruit? <laughs> Good one. Well, yeah. I think you're right. Um, <laughs> to think, like, what is it? Next week, guys. Next week. Next week. Uh, can I submit one more? USS Rutabaga. <laughs> That actually sounds like it could be it. I like that name, actually. <laughs> you know black people are running that shit. <laughs> Stop. Stop. You say black people are running it as a cavalier? <laughs> Impala. <laughs> okay. Oh, boy. Um. Yeah, so that is our question for next week. What is the other Galaxy-class ship that was named in a Trek series? The other two are unnamed, but there's one that was named in a series other than the presumed USS Galaxy and the Enterprise-D and another ship that was named during the series. So, yeah, that's that's a good question, John. Awesome sauce. So, does anybody have any news or updates before we move on? I mean, I know we had the New York Comic Con panels for both Star Trek Prodigy, which we... uh, I don't think we get a lot of news out of that. They did preview the episode, but they didn't show it on the stream. They, like, blacked it out. So, whoever was in attendance (laughs) at New York Comic Con (laughs) got to see the the first episode of Prodigy, which I was disappointed about. Yeah. And they blanked it out on us. They blanked it out they? on us. Yeah. <laughs> um, only thing I can think of is that that trailer, the Comic Con trailer for Discovery that came out. I did rather enjoy that. <laughs> yes. It, it was. Yeah, it was something else. It, it gave me goosebumps a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. So, <laughs> what got me about that trailer? There was a specific scene where Saru answered. To Captain? I mean, answered uh, Barnum as Captain? Yep. Mm. I mean, both of them are captains, but she is, she's in command, so she's the higher captain right now, right? Well, they kind of left us thinking she was going to take over while he was doing his thing, but... I didn't take it. I didn't read it that way, Jonathan. I read it as that she she got a promotion, period. Yeah, I I am with you, Tasha. I saw that as... He went to do his thing, and it wasn't an interim. It was a, he uh, gave it up, yeah. and she's... Now she's in the chair. Hmm. Well, well, it's going to be interesting, because you know they've always had that tug-of-war of, you know... <laughs> yeah, for a long time, Burnham has been kind of the... I don't know if pariah is the right word, the, but she's the, been... The thorn in his side, for sure. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, she's been messing up a lot, so... It's cool to see her get back to that position. And as far as the other parts of the trailer, I like the I like the hip hop beat they had on it. Yeah. I it, it, they just gave us so much visually. The and, USS Rutabaga. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean it 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 further sets up another tentpole mystery for the season that we'll have we'll have to uncover i heard future mentioned a couple times in that trailer so i'm wondering is this anomaly going to have something to do with time travel again please no (laughs) Mm. i'm wondering i just don't want them to wear it into the ground you know let let us be where we are (laughs) and learn to live there you know i'm with the time travel if it brings our emperor back to us then i'll be happy she got Ah. I know she gone, but, but I want her back. That, like that Justin Timberlake song, she gone. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, she ain't coming back. But I love, I love her so much, though. I know, I know, we don't want to spend a whole lot of time here because we got to talk about Lord Dex. But this anomaly they keep speaking of, and I, I, 
they kind of show like fleeting glimpses. Mm-hmm. And I'm still stuck. I mentioned this before, but you remember the Graviton Ellipse on Voyager. Do y'all remember that episode? It was this uh, a huge anomaly that went in and out of subspace at random intervals and would just pop up around. It was attracted to, of course, like every anomaly is attracted to warp energy, uh, but it would like consume it. But inside, like, I, I don't know, it was like a gravity well. But anyway, they got us. They got the Delta Flyer in there and they found out that it ate like the first one of Earth's first missions to mars like that lander it like yeah. ate it with a guy inside you remember that episode I, I, re- I remember that episode yeah so i don't i mean i'm i'm just loose but the, like the glimpses they show just kind of looks like that ellipse if you go back and watch that voyager episode it looks strangely similar now the thing about that is they tricked me last year they had me chasing this burn <laughs> all up and down what, 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 how many different videos did i put out talking about i know what the bird is now and yeah, it was this listen. kid so <laughs> The burn is a sore subject with me. Like they just let me down. That, that, you know, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to tear the scab off these wounds that we have. <laughs> so, so I'm. I'm not even going to try to figure out what the anomaly is. I'm not going to give that my energy. I'm reclaiming my time. Uh, well, it's kind of. It's, it's kind of pulling me in a little bit. I mean, I, I, but honestly, at least we could formulate some theories around the burn. I think with this one, so far, we just have nothing to go on. What what Jonathan just said kind of sounds good though. What he just said now you're gonna have me watching Voyager well, tonight. Listen. No no no. <laughs> I have to thank you because you just reeled me in. Like you just made me remember the anguish they put me through <laughs> about the burn and the payoff I got at the end. So you know what? I give up oh, on this. Oh, anomaly. you got payoff? I didn't get payoff. <laughs> yeah, but see, but see, remember part of the fun of doing this, whether we get burned by the burn or whether it's a big payoff that we really, really enjoy. Part of the fun to me is having that speculation. So Jonathan, if you want to go down Speculation Avenue, by all means, go full speed ahead. Just know that you may go full speed ahead into a brick wall or you may uh, go into the payoff. You never know. But that's part of the fun, in my opinion. I agree with you, Kyle. You are always the voice of reason. When I'm listening to y'all, I'm like, y'all need to listen to Kyle more. (laughs) I am so glad we're recording this. Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, gosh. I love you all, but you got to listen to Kyle more. (laughs) If you could see me right now, I'm like bowing to you. We won't hear the end of that for the next five episodes. He's got the big head now. Jeez. Oh, gosh. Okay. Wedge news, anyone? Yeah. Good, 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 good news on this trailer. And, you know, we have the season coming next month. So it's going to be a lot of Star Trek in, in the next few months. So I'm, I'm here for it. Don't know how we're going to cover it all, but I'm definitely here for it. Imagine how I feel. Yeah. Videos I'm are so a much harder. show. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> So let's go ahead and get into our review of Star Trek Lower Decks, Wedge Dudge. Wedge Dudge is the ninth episode of season two of Star Trek Lower Decks. The episode was written by Catherine Lynn and was directed by Bob Cires. Boimler tries to find a bridge buddy while the USS Cerritos crew has downtime during a long warp trip. Spoilers. Red alert. All hands stand the battle station. What gives you the right? You cannot destroy an idea. At ease before you sprain something. Like always, we go to Kyle Jones for the beats of the episode. Sometimes serious, sometimes comedic. You never know. Kyle Jones, what do you have for us, sir? So I have it in two ways. And I hope that my interpretation of how I'm going to say this will be evident. If not, I will explain it. But here we go. Everyone plays a role. That is, that's my beat. Everyone plays a role. Now, here is it translated. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Do you know what that is? What the heck? I, I was translating it into Borg. Oh. I was going to say, I was going, I told Clarence I was going to be on my best behavior, so I'm not going to say. <laughs> That was just translating into the hum of the Borg engines going. Mm. Okay, okay, good. Okay, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Oh gosh. There you go. The Borg lower decks not so exciting. I get it. 
But everyone plays a role. I mean, I, I enjoyed this, so that's why I said everyone plays a role. I wanted to try to be funny with them, you know, but <laughs> uh, I thought it was cool. It's like, is he singing? What's going on here? So let's go around the horn and see what everybody thought of this episode, your high-level views. And let's start with you, John. Thoughts on this episode? <clears throat> um. So earlier, I kind of left you guys with a question. Maybe I didn't like it. Uh, just tricked you. Actually, I really enjoyed this episode. It, it wasn't the greatest episode of ever of any show, but compared to what we've received the past few episodes, like top notch in this case, like just, just, just great. Like, and it gave me what I've been, I constantly have been saying, let's have a good story, a beginning. Let's have a problem to solve. Let's work through the solution. Let's get to a good ending. Like, let's not waste our time with trying to make you laugh for no apparent reason. <laughs> and just in your face callbacks. Like, let's just have a good episode of Lord X. And I'm a happy camper. Like, I enjoyed that 30 minutes. It was like I was watching a Bugs Bunny cartoon. And I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where you find your Bugs Bunny cartoons that's 30 minutes long but <laughs> but I don't know I don't think you know how much joy it brings me to have to, to, to hear you be happy yeah. <laughs> oh God. you're like really happy <laughs> is my negativity known for hard wide I'm sorry you know that's what you're that's, what, what did Cal say everybody has a role oh wow <laughs> Oh, wow. Shots fired. Okay, He's just Mikey. You remember the old, uh, c- um, the, the, the checks commercials? Yeah. You know, Mikey he likes, likes it. it. Mikey Jonathan likes, likes it. it. <laughs> oh, well, boy. in that case, Mikey liked everything. I've hated everything. So. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, Tasha, your, your thoughts on the episode? Two thoughts. I was prepared for more of the same, and we need more of this. Yes. Certainly. Certainly agree with you. Short and sweet. Cal, any additional thing to add? You know what? I like what Tasha said. And just anyone listening, rewind 15 seconds, hear what she said again. And there, <laughs> there's my other thoughts. I, I 100% agree. As for me, I love this episode. I think Catherine Lynn did an excellent job of writing this episode. I want her to write more because because mm-hmm. like you mentioned, John, that all just flowed together. There was an actual story, an actual problem for them to solve. And then we can, you know, we'll talk about some of the different uh, views we had into the different crews on different ships, which I thought was just brilliant. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I really, really love this episode. And to me, it's a shining example of what Lord Dex could be when it forgoes a juvenile low hanging fruit and attempts to deliver an authentic first class Star Trek experience. I think that's what they did. I like the fact that it was smartly written. It still had the funny moments and the funny moments were funny because they seemed organic. But I think it could have existed easily outside of Lower Decks as a real Star Trek episode without the comedy. And that to me says it was well written. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. It's almost like they had to throw the one huge Easter egg in here just to let us know it's still Lord X. <laughs> <laughs> Rocket boots. Yeah. <laughs> because other than that, man, I just felt like I was just sitting down watching a good Star Trek episode, really. It really was. And I I was really mad at the end of that episode because I'm like, y'all were capable of this this whole time. <laughs> And you've been playing with us, you know, <laughs> with all this other foolishness. That's the comment I was going to make. Like, uh, maybe they're taking the easy way out in this show. Like, let's make the we're going to just do the easy thing. We're going to make all the shows really quick, really crappy. We're going to make the last ones really, really good. So they come back next season. Yeah. So that's all we're remembering when we coming into the next season. You're right, Jonathan. That's probably their plan. And Jonathan, I'm going to second another you are right, Jonathan, because that's actually what they did at the end of season one, because I remember us praising (laughs) season one about this is how it should be. Well, it's exactly what you just said. So it's like you get Mm. that one nugget and you just forget. (laughs) Yep. Now, the question is, how many seasons can they get by with these one nuggets? Mm. 
And this is it for me. If 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 this if the last episode doesn't knock it out of the park and it has to exceed what we got in Wedge Douge or whatever the name of this thing is, <laughs> it, it has to exceed that. They they set the bar way too high. I am not coming back next season if they have this same juvenile mentality. I, I committed to this season. I won't I won't commit to another season of of that now that I know that they're capable of this. Yeah, and I know on this show we've 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 talked about the what seemingly is a large sexual presence in this season. <laughs> is is that what you mean by the juvenile behavior? Yes. Yeah, that's that it's a bit much for me. I mean, if you if you want to know how I really really feel, <laughs> you, you need to go you need to go to my channel and listen to how I really really feel. But here I'm going to keep it prim and proper, and that is um you're saying that this is a show, TV 14, but this this content is super mature. And I don't want to sit with my 14-year-old niece and watch this. I don't. Yeah, it, it's weird that they throw that 14 up there and then right beside it, it says sexual situations. Right. Like, that what? doesn't go alone. Like, you see sexual <laughs> situations, it's usually a different number there. Yeah, like, it's like TVMA. I would <laughs> yeah. accept that. If you put the mature audiences, then whatever you give me, I have to be prepared for. But if you tell me a 14-year-old can watch this, and then we got we got the what we've been having, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to be upset if I'm sitting next to my niece and now I got to explain to her what it is I'm watching, you know? <laughs> I got to explain to the 14-year-old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, I know there's this concept at, for every audience, and every audience is different, and there is somebody out there that's watching and, and reveling in that. But for everything that you guys just said, I totally agree with you. And it, it goes back to... The brand that you are, you know, showing, there's a standard that comes with that brand, Mm -hmm. and you don't expect some of the things that we have seen. And somebody could have said the same thing with the Klingon sex scene, but you knew that the Discovery, especially Series 1 or Season 1, was a little more adult theme than... But you, but when I'm going to a cartoon, <laughs> you just expect a little more PG and no less X. <laughs> I need clothes on everybody yes. in a PG. Yes, exactly. In a cartoon. I need them or, to be fully dressed or an animal. <laughs> like if they're Bugs the Bunny, day. like we went to Bugs Bunny earlier. If it's Bugs Bunny, he could be naked. <laughs> everybody else got to have on clothes. And like, I think the other biggest problem, which Cal, you mentioned last week, let's not spend, I mean, if you're going to do it, let's not spend so much time in that scene. Like, let's, let's flash it, let's hint at it and move on. Because when you spend that much time on a sex scene, you're a porno. Yeah. Pretty much. (laughs) And and I I know, I know we're going to move on to more about this episode, but I loved how people on Twitter and other places were trying to use the glimpses we've seen in other Trek shows as examples that it's okay. So they'll take the classic to Paul scene, which was probably like less than a second of screen time. And they'll get the right. screenshot like, oh, we had nudity before. You see it right here? Yeah. If you squint, <laughs> you'll see it. It wasn't. It wasn't over the top, as over the top of what, as what we're seeing. We did. We definitely didn't see. Uh, I don't even know if I can say this word. <laughs> we didn't see the the simulation of of we didn't see that on any. I didn't even think about that on yeah. any other Star Trek. But and he, you didn't see Paul on her back with her legs wide open. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. For an because extended se- amount of time. Because right. seriously, if you would have seen some of the scenes that we have, because part of well, I know I'm bouncing here, but part of the idea of television sex and look at it from soap operas that have been around since the 30s and 40s of 1900s some of if not all is left to the imagination Mm -hmm. that's how they sell it everything is left to the imagination i don't need a cartoon not leaving everything to the imagination (laughs) minus some blurred outness i mean a cartoon in definition is imagination (laughs) (laughs) oh boy (laughs) And you can't leave that to imagination. Uh, well, yeah. 
so so let's go ahead and get into some of the details of the episode. Uh, we've we've aired our grievance. Hopefully, all that is over, <laughs> and and they're on a better path. We'll need another episode for grievances. <laughs> Oh, I'm, done. I'm done. I'm done. So, so we begin the episode with Captain Freeman mentioning some much needed R and R for the crew for this long warp haul, which the concept, which is a concept we've had before, but I've never really heard it stated as such. So explicitly, like they do in this episode, but you know, long warp haul, you know, time for some R and R. So what immediately got me is that we have this whole storyline of Boimler going on a quest for a what he calls a bridge buddy, which, you know, <laughs> I like the wording there, but thoughts on his eagerness to feel included because I think I've, I like this storyline, but it kind of in some ways felt throwaway. I like seeing the other people with their friend or their buddy doing the thing rather than Boimler interrupting. And I guess like with me for, for me, uh, it's following him around for, for the, very reason that he's probably the most promotable ensign that they have on that ship that we can see. Yeah. So for nobody to pair up with him is kind of weird. So he would feel a little left out. I'm still wondering why he didn't go make soup with Billups, but yeah, that's, that's a whole different <laughs> conversation for a whole different day. <laughs> you know, I will say that I, I like the storyline in the sense of, I almost put before I said everyone plays a role, I actually had before that everyone is important to someone. And I think the idea of him not finding someone for him to be part of or part of that group was so that we could see at the end kind of the table be turned a bit. And I I think that was cool. But in in the end, whether we're in junior high, whether we're adults, whether we're, you know, kids in first grade, I think everybody has this innate need to be included as part of something. And I think that was what they were trying to play off of, which I really enjoyed. And it's almost like Boimler doesn't have anyone that he can naturally pair up with. When you look at the rest of the crew, you see the natural connection between Tendi and Tiana, you know, Rutherford and maybe not Shax as much, but definitely Billups. And and then, you know, of course, Mariner and, and her mom, Captain Freeman. But it kind of seems like he just doesn't have anybody to pair up with. His logical, the logical choice for, for Boimler to me would be Ransom. But I guess what we, we saw is that these other, there's some emotional connection of course, with Mariner and her mom and Shax and Rutherford, they kind of have that, that emotional type of, co- of connection because of that sacrifice last season. Yep. So we've got those two. And of course, the, the professional connection between uh, Tiana and Tendi. But I mean, Boimler is ready to be promoted. Yeah. And I think they thought it was fine to leave him on his own because he is the most promotable person on the ship. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. they thought that he would he would be okay probably, but he still is feeling the same way. He he's still an ensign. Until they put that pip, he's still an ensign, <laughs> you know, and that's the way he feels, I think. Hmm. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Did any one of these pairings um tickle any of you guys' fancy? Did any one of these pairings seem like they were pretty cool to you? Um, to me, with, with the one that I resonated most with, of course, was was Freeman and Mariner for a million and two different reasons. <laughs> oh <laughs> my God! Yeah, I'm not going. I'm not. I'm not going to hurt y'all ears with none of my gripes. I do that on my show. <laughs> you, you know what? I was so, I was feeling Boimler's pain in that moment. I would have been trying to press buttons yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean that. Uh, that is a, a dynamic that you only understand when you are a mother-daughter du- duo. And yeah. I'm not saying that uh, things would should ever go as far as what they take it, but we do realize it's still, it's, it's a cartoon. So, so yeah. it's going to go a little too far. <laughs> but I do think that it, it seemed rather authentic. The one that really had me disturbed was the Shaq's interaction. <laughs> 
I almost think like Shaq shouldn't be in Starfleet. He's, he's <laughs> it's like the second or third time he's went off the off the reservation. <laughs> Good That's what Lord. I was laughing at. Yeah, I mean he's got PTSD really bad, and he probably had it before he joined Starfleet, like you said, because he was part of the the resistance. So yeah. he's been probably dealing with these this trauma for for some years. <laughs> Yeah, it might be time to, to retire. Yeah, really like the reference to Bajor they made there, but man, that guy. <laughs> so, John, we got some Easter eggs there in the Tiana Tindy pairing. I didn't catch them. Star Trek Five. Oh, you had to catch them. Come on. I mean, the only thing I saw was the rocket shoes. Yeah, the rocket <laughs> shoes. Star Trek Five when Kirk is scaling free free scaling or free climbing uh, El Capitan. <laughs> so it's kind of a throwback to that and. The shirt that he was wearing is from a later scene. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering why they was, kept putting it in our face. Like, go climb a rock or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty cool. Well, full disclosure, I've never I've Stop. never watched Star Trek Bob. <laughs> no. <laughs> I am actually shocked and surprised. I've seen Star Trek Five. It's been a long time since I've seen it. Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but... But then, and, and, yeah, you're a little younger. I, I won't hold that against you. <laughs> well, is that I just never really got into the original series as much and the movies from it. Like, and I don't know. I mean, we've had long discussions on, over many episodes about why I need to watch them again. I just hadn't got there yet. And everything ain't for everybody. You might not. You, you Listen, might, it, I was a TNG baby, so yeah, Spe- I forgive you. Speaking of babies, what, what 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 about Bormler getting his little cadet officer guy? What? Why did baby segue? To- <laughs> <laughs> he looked like a little kid. <laughs> he did look like a child. <laughs> yeah, but they had to, you know, they had to make him look a little bit younger because they make Bormler look younger. So you had to have him look more experienced, inexperienced than Bormler did. So. I just think that's how they had to look. I thought the scene was cool. Yeah, and I just I just thought it was a good turnaround. Like the whole time he was looking for a bridge buddy, like so a superior officer to hang out and spend this time with. When it was actually to your point, Tasha, like he's probably I mean, he's probably he is the most promotable ensign and he's there. So really he shouldn't be looking for a bridge buddy. Somebody should be looking f- for him as a buddy to learn mm-hmm. from. And I get the feeling also that these this introduction uh, was just that, an introduction. We will see that kid again. I don't know if they're going to make him some type of uh, prodigy. You see what I did there? <laughs> prodigy. <laughs> or Wesley. Okay. Yeah, like a Wesley oh, Crusher. <laughs> but uh, I think I think these people that have been introduced will be will be around again. Yeah, I just think last comment on that. I just think instead of all of the other lower deckers finding someone, you know, in a higher position to lead them, it just shows that that Bumler is he's he's ready to lead. He's he has all the tools to to be a great officer. And, you know, it's it's time for him to lead, not so much be led. Yeah, agreed. You're so astute. <laughs> oh, thank you, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> So the title of the episode, Wedge Dudge, translates into Three Ships, which takes us on a tour of a rebellious officer aboard a, a, a Vulcan cruiser, if you can call her rebellious, <laughs> and the eagerness of a, a Klingon to rise the ranks aboard a, a bird of prey. And, and let me just say this before, before I hand it off. I just think it was brilliant how they managed the transition from each ship. We'd have like that fleeting mention of... Oh, maybe the Klingons lower deckers are better. And then they like play the music and show the bold text. And then we're in it. I just loved how they transitioned us to each of these scenes. I just thought it was wonderfully done. But but throwing out to any one of you guys, which one of these forays into other ships was your favorite? And maybe you could talk about it a little bit. You know, this is going to sound like a cop out, but it is totally true. So I guess it's not a cop out. I like them each equally because it gave a sense of, yes, there's a lower deck on each one of these ships that are different type of, you know, one's 
uh, Klingon, one is Vulcan, you know, and of course we see the Borg at the end. But, you know, they are each in their own way different. So I liked that. I liked learning a little bit more about each one of those. So I really didn't have a preference because I truly, and I'm being honest whenever I say I like them all, and this was the favorite, my, my favorite part of the story was because seeing something else. And I thought that was so cool. Yeah. Anyone else? Yeah. I like the Vulcan side of things better. And it's because of the humor in that was that there was really no humor. You know, the, yeah. <laughs> the fact that, that this girl is not displaying any emotion that is obvious to us, but it is glaring to her crewmates. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't, you know, that, that's what made that funny to me. Yeah. And it was subtle. The humor was, very, they, didn't, they didn't carry the club this time. They subtly gave us some humor and we're smart enough to get it. And I enjoyed every time we went to that ship. And I would not be shocked if we find out that that is Talyn's father. Hmm. That captain. Interesting. Because it kind of fits with the whole Mariner, Mariner and her mama thing. The only reason this girl, with all of her violent outbursts, would still be on this, this Vulcan ship <laughs> is if she had a leg up on somebody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and that would make sense because he's like transferring her away. Like, just as Mariner was transferred away because yeah. she was causing trouble. Hmm. It, it's so funny. Uh, the rest of the lower decker Vulcans were like, everybody's talking. You're just being rebellious, you know? That? Like, <laughs> like, really? She just had her own original thought. Okay, maybe she shouldn't have changed the sensors to her own um, schematics or whatever. Maybe she shouldn't have did that. But but still, they're just like appalled, <laughs> right? <laughs> but is that not like I I don't know? The Vulcans is probably one of my favorite uh, species in Trick, and it's just because of that. Like so much discipline. Like I don't, and it kind of goes to the point. Like you can train yourself. You can say that you're a certain way and you can try your best to be that certain way. But at the end of the day, like nature takes its course one way or another. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think Vulcans kind of, and I, this may have been mentioned in a few and like some, they block a lot of their ability because they refuse to acknowledge their emotions. Yeah. Like, I, I, I mean, imagine, I mean, they've already, I mean, obviously they're more advanced than almost any species, but imagine what could have been if they'd have just let a little bit more of emotions guide them. A little bit more of that instinct that actually saved this ship. Like, that right. instinct paired with their impeccable logic. Could you imagine what you could do with that? Like, the power of that? Now, I get it. You don't want to go, like, pump far emotional. Because <laughs> then we're just going to have issues. <laughs> <laughs> but like I just I like that and when you see that and we see that throughout Trick like there's always this one Vulcan that kind of succumbs a little to their emotions and it's always like a taboo and everybody's all worried about it but at the end of the day it made them that much better and I just love seeing that that's why I think that was my favorite lower deck ship scene here yeah yeah she mentioned that she had a feeling you know, I was just like, wow. And you could see her changing her words to kind of hold back to not let it be known explicitly. Yeah. I just Because she said gut instinct also. Yes. I had a gut instinct. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you don't say that. You're losing control. <laughs> you don't say the right. Love, what is wrong with you? But you I, have to put her. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say kudos to the captain for actually listening to her. And, and of course, she detects this Metreon particles in the system and that kind of ties in a little mm -hmm. bit later but man yeah Talent was freaking amazing and I hope what, where do th we think she's going I mean they mentioned Starfleet oh, I think it's Cerritos. only one place one reason <laughs> that they would mention Starfleet is because she gonna come over there <laughs> oh man to Cerritos and be the Vulcan Mariner and she's gonna take the promotion Boimler's after <laughs> Probably, Ooh. yeah. Ooh. Or do we even think we will see these characters again? I mean, I think they were cool, but I also would be perfectly fine not seeing them again because it was just a one-off story. I, you know, I could go either way, but the question that I have is, do we really think we'll see them again? 
You know, I would I would hope we would. And probably because for me to land reminds me a little bit of you think of the journey of of a, a, a Spock or a Michael Burnham. You know, they got sent over the well, Spock left for Starfleet, but Burnham got sent over to Starfleet, you know, because right. she couldn't go to the, the Vulcan Science Academy. But they didn't want her. You know, I kind of see it as the same thing. Like, oh, you're just a little too rowdy. We got to send you somewhere else. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm yeah, watch definitely. That again just because just because of how rowdy she was. <laughs> <laughs> they did oh, spend a lot of time on the Vulcan crew and that interaction, though. So, I, I mean, and as you said, Tasha, they mentioned, I think you mentioned that. that I mean, they said Starfleet, like. That was unnecessary to put in there. They could have just been transferring her to another ship. Yeah. Right. Uh, or just, a, you know, I'm going to transfer you to a cargo freighter in, you know, around Earth or something. But they specifically said Starfleet. So I'm expecting maybe we'll see her again. Well, let's talk a little bit about Mach, Mayak, if I'm saying his name right, uh, aboard the Klingon Bird of Prey. Now, I feel like this one was pretty much par for the course of a Klingon wanting to rise uh, up the ranks. But I did find it really cool that he, he did have this ambition to, you know, become become the captain's number one. I really thought that was was amazing. But also, if you look at it a little bit harder, he's he's not really your typical Klingon. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Kind of put you in the mind of a. Uh... Of what's his name, Alexander? Yeah, kind of kind of gives me that kind of vibe. Yeah. Hmm. Why do you not? Uh, I'm curious. Why? What? What? What makes him different? Well, as Tasha just said, with Alexander, he was. You can see at the very beginning when they show him, he's in his bunk. He gets knocked out, and there. He, to me, it, I kind of got the feeling that he was viewed as a little bit lower than everybody else. Oh, okay. Because he wasn't like... The captain even said it towards the end. You're smaller and... (laughs) Yeah. What did he say? You're you're smaller and not as quick or something. He he had a lot of gripes (laughs) with this person that he just made his first officer. (laughs) And there's not only... And that, that goes to prove and show that there is not only one version of Klingons. Not all Klingons are, let me go, you know, fight and blah, 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 and whatever, whatever that we've always seen are your typical presentation of Klingon. Yes, he had ambition. Yes, he wanted to rise. Yes, he wanted to do A, B, C, and D, but he did it in his own way. And that's what I liked about it. Kind of reminds you of a a one ensign we've been talking about. Boimler? Ah. Hmm. Yeah, I get that. Didn't you make that comparison, Tosh, on your video? I sure did. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I saw it the exact same way you saw it, Jonathan. It this they they showed us a mariner on an on a different ship from from a different culture, and they showed us a Boimler from a different ship uh-huh. in a different culture. I didn't think about the mariner connection, but yeah, you're right. Absolutely right. Yeah, and, and the thing is with with the Klingon Mach, he was he was definitely doing everything the right way. And it's almost like, you know, you have a lot of people, a lot of actors or performers who are doing everything the right way, but they just lack that one thing to take them over the top, you know? And he really didn't have that it factor, you know? He's just kinda mm-hmm. the average, well below average, kind of Klingon and he, he found his way though. I really I really enjoyed him making it by even aboard a Klingon vessel, <laughs> very much kind of doing the right thing. And, and, uh, oh, I'm a, I'm a walk your targ and let them get this leg out of them. And, <laughs> and he just kept doing the right thing, even though the way he was treated was not the best. And, and when he got his opportunity, he, he, he bit on it. He took it. He shot his shot. So I, kudos to him, man. Right. But I mean, OK, he shot his shot. He did everything that he was supposed to. And and this is one of the, another thing that I brought up in my video. You finally get to the bridge where you want to be and you find out it is not what you thought it was. Mm. You get there and now you find out that Captain Dorg has no honor, you know, and n- now what? Mm, Cal, what is I that mean, thing you say about your heroes? D- uh, never don't, meet them. Don't ne- never meet your heroes, <laughs> yeah. or something to that effect. Yeah, the captain was, and 
I have to give Lower Decks a lot of credit on this part. They have really packed in or really weaved in the packlets nicely throughout the the, the first two seasons. You know, oh, I it, love the packlets. It's so good. Way. Yeah. It is. And the way that we find their captain has been arming, giving arms to the enemy, so to speak. Uh, Just great. Just a great little storyline that he put in there. I thought it worked really well. You know what made me laugh that more than I should have, but it was just hilarious when the fighting started and their alarms. Red alarm. Red alarm. (laughs) Red alarm. alarm. (laughs) Me too, Jonathan. I laughed harder than I should have at that time. Red alarm. <laughs> now, correct, correct me if I'm wrong, Kyle. Isn't that a... I know it's on Oz 9 as well, but isn't that a um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy thing? I am not sure, and it probably is, but you know I went all Oz 9 left, right, and center whenever I heard alarm, alarm, alarm. But yes, I think you're right. I think it is Hitchhiker's as well. Yeah, pretty hilarious. <laughs> it and was th- kind of a... You know, they had a... Uh, there was two instances in Trick where they were trying to discuss the klaxon and how it was going to sound. I think, uh, what was it? Neelix? Was it on Voyager? Neelix was trying to suggest changing the klaxon with Tuvok. I think they had messed up or something. Yes. <laughs> and I think he, I think one of his words was, should it say red alarm or <laughs> danger, danger? <laughs> and there was also yes. a, uh, scene in Enterprise, Enterprise where Trip yeah. was trying to fix the klaxon and he was doing the same thing with uh, Captain Archer. They're trying to come up with Red Alarm. No, not Trip. It was uh, Reed. Yeah, Reed. There you go. <laughs> he couldn't figure it out. <laughs> Man, you've educated I me. I didn't know it was called a klaxon. <laughs> yeah. Correct me. I might have to Google it, but I'm pretty sure they call it a klaxon. <laughs> I think you're right. Wow. But yeah, that was hilarious. I, I love that. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, so the Cerritos eventually gets the same, um, they notice the Metreon particles on their sensors as well. And they're, they come to the location and then all our ships are there and fight ensues. Now I was, I guess it was two against one, but I was kind of, it was kind of weird to me that the Cerritos were getting beat so easily. It's kind of like they just, <laughs> but the, I will say the Packlets do have a pretty powerful ship, uh, with all their modifications. But and uh, are getting weapons from the clean on, so true, true, true. I mean, and then it, I uh, was looking at the even the fact that uh, the Cerritos nobody was nobody was prepared for this. Everybody was was <laughs> on rest and relaxation. Yeah. So by the time they got to the bridge, the fighting had already started. Yeah. Huh. And then everybody was stealing their <laughs> outfits from their yeah, stealing their little, little <laughs> workout gear. That Ritos T-shirt. We ain't even talking about that. Now, I know that I'm a female and female and fashion go together, but I got to get I got to get that shirt. It's pretty cool. It's yeah, pretty I cool. did like that, too. Oh, it was so cute. Yeah, that's one of my favorite parts about Trek when they're off doing other stuff and they get called to the bridge. Yeah, you know, it's it seems like it happens more on the normal series where they're just doing their thing as they're in these long warps. And we don't really talk about it as much. They're just going along their everyday lives. And a lot of it is R&R from what we see on the show, you know, being in a holodeck and things like that. So I do love it whenever they're called to the bridge and their crazy outfits and in their <laughs> freaking fencing costumes. <laughs> I just eat that up. <laughs> Yeah, that is good. That is good. And I mean, like with, when you think about TNG, I kind of understood what Boimler meant when he was like, he wished he was on another ship with a a rigid uh, social structure or something. Because on TNG, when it was, you know, when it was downtime, you were sitting someplace listening to poetry or watching Riker play his, his horn or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was very, it was kind of rigid when you think about it. They were all there. Uh, this is one of these, one of the occasions that we get to see people all off doing something entirely different from one another. And, and I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> but it, yeah. And, and once again, uh, Thailand kind of saves the day with her, Modification to the shields to boost them 120%. I mean, wow. Good good call there. <laughs> right. But I will say the Vulcan Cruiser was just freaking beautiful on screen. That ship is... That, man, yes. the animation is so good. was awesome. What I didn't... And I, I know I'm not the ship person. I remember fashion. Um, <laughs> so 
I didn't realize how much smaller a California class ship would be compared to that that Vulcan cruiser. Yeah. That thing like eclipse. So now here's my dumb question. If that were a galaxy class <laughs> ship, wouldn't it be would it be the same size as that Vulcan cruiser? No. Okay. The Vulcan cruisers are massive and they even compared to a galaxy class, which galaxy class would obviously be bigger, but those Vulcan cruisers are huge. I mean, you even see one in DS9 where I don't remember the exact episode, but there was a galaxy class cruiser involved and that Vulcan ship came to help and they had to transport somebody. Anyway, it, it was mm-hmm. big. It was bigger. Okay. Because I'm like, is this ship really that small or is that ship really that big? And yeah. I guess you answered my question. So thank you. <laughs> so, and I mean, remember from Enterprise, I mean, the Vulcans were building ships like that before we even made it to Mars. Right. We were even warp capable, right? Yeah. So, I mean, just imagine there's how big those are right now. Yeah. So with that said, we'll go ahead and get our ratings for the episode. And let's start with you, Tasha. How do you rate this episode? Oh, if any episode gets a five, wait a minute. You guys go one to <laughs> we go one. To what five. do you guys go one to four? One to, five. one to five. One to five. Oh, this is a five. Yeah. Oh, okay. With, All without right. question, without a doubt, nor a contradiction. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Cal Jones, what do you think, man? I'm not going to go quite to a five, but I'm going to go close. I'm going to give it a four point seven zero because I still think anything could be better. But I think this is one of, no, I'm going to take it to a 4.85, not quite give it to a five, but 4.85. This is one of the most enjoyable versions of this show or episodes of this show that I have watched. So 4.85. So I'm going to give it a five as well. I think it was just, the, it's one of the best episodes of the se- this season and maybe of the show to me. I just really enjoyed it. I feel like I can just put this on and watch it <laughs> endlessly. I just, I had no problems with it. So John, what is your rating for the episode, man? Um, So like you said, this is probably one of my favorite episodes of the series. I hear you guys with the five. And though I agree, it is, I mean, comparatively it's a five, but it's also Lord X. Like, and <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean that to be funny. I just Maybe like it is. <laughs> like I don't want to. I don't want them. I know they'll nobody on the staff will ever hear this show. But I don't want them thinking the trick story and think this was their perfect. Like they could have. This was perfect and like they need to stay there. Like I, in my eyes, like this is what every episode should be. Yeah, I agree. And I then the agree really good ones should be the fives. So I wouldn't dare say this is a five and you can't get any better, as Cal said. So that and uh, you left me, uh, Clarence, you mentioned it earlier, the uh, B plot, the Boimler plot, like it was kind of could have been like throwaway. I mean, it had some meaning there. I think they could have put a little more there. Uh, but so all that being said, I go for four point seven five. I mean, the fact that you said four. <laughs> <laughs> I am not that terrible. <laughs> You're not terrible at all, darling. You just you just are, are very strongly opinionated. The fact that you said four means that this episode is a five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> oh gosh. So with that, let's go around the horn and see what everybody has been working on. Listening to, watching, whatever you want to plug, podcast related or otherwise. And let's start with our guest, Tasha. What about you? Well, you know, when I'm not listening to Discussing Track on any place that you can find podcasts, <laughs> I am creating content on YouTube. And today I uploaded a video about a movie called uh, Blood Red Sky. And I'm telling you, spoiler alert, you need to see this movie if you're into the spooky stuff. Uh, you need to see this movie if you're into it. So that is what I've been doing, and I've rather enjoyed it today. Awesome. Well, thank you for being on once again. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Check out the Blood Red Sky review from Tasha on her YouTube channel after the snap. So, John, what about you, man? Uh, well, as always, I am quite uninteresting other than talking about Trick and, you know, watching Trick. So, 
Uh, the one thing I have done, and I mentioned this earlier, uh, was I purchased the Star Trek The Next Generation Technical Manual. Uh, and I've been reading through that the first chapter, and it gets... Listen, guys, this is, gets really, really nerdy. It, it really is a technical manual on the Star Trek, on the, uh, next generation on the Enterprise. So, I mean, don't get in and expecting a story. It's not going to be a story, <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting. Like this is teaching you if you were in Starfleet Academy and your posting was on the Enterprise D, this is teaching you everything you need to know about the Enterprise D. This has been given the blessing by Gene Roddenberry. What well, was giving blessing by Gene Roddenberry? Uh, these two guys that wrote it were actually technical advisors on the set. So it's a lot of good information and a lot of good quotes from Gene Roddenberry itself in the introduction. I read a few last week. So check it out. Check it out. It's good. Jonathan, can I ask you a question? And I'm sorry to interrupt our closing. Do they show where the bathrooms are? <laughs> yeah, I hadn't got to that chapter yet. I need I need you to to hurry. <laughs> so you know, it's funny you mentioned that. Like I was studying that to be uh my question of the week this week, but I couldn't really form a good question because that and hopefully I get to it in his technical manual, but any of the research I do is just kind of very vague. All I know is waste extraction is removing the crap from the ship. Now, is it goes. really though? Is it though? Or are we just reformatting it into food? <laughs> well, one. But, okay. I'm sorry. I'm derailing. I'm derailing the closing. But yeah, remember we learned that that was made into food. Yeah. 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 We did learn that. That's sick. So black. <laughs> okay. Just, they just have crappy food. You could blame Tasha on y'all next week's question because I'm going to skip ahead in this manual and see if I can't find it. <laughs> it may be a oh, crappy gosh. question. <laughs> oh boy, here we go. Oh gosh. <laughs> and that's the TNG technical manual from John. Cal Jones, what about you, man? All right. So before I give mine, I want to correct. Jonathan, on one thing, my friend, you are not uninteresting. So just remember that. <laughs> Thank <And> you, sir. <laughs> you're welcome, sir. So for me, since we've already kind of mentioned Eyes 9, I will say go out and check out eyes-9.com for an alarm. Alarm, alarm, alarm. But <laughs> if you are a fan of Doctor Who, we have Series 13 starting in just a few weeks as of this recording. And of course, Clarence, myself, and our friend Lee Shackelford will be talking all about that in just a few weeks. So that's all for me. All righty. That's Eyes 9 from Cal Jones. And for me, man, I've really been binging uh, Room 104 on HBO Max. Now, this show is sort of like say Twilight Zone or Outer Limits or uh, Black Mirror. It's sort of like in that vein, but it all takes place in this one room of this hotel called Room 104. It's a different story each. It's anthology style, different story oh. each episode. But I will say sometimes it can get a bit boring being in the same room for every episode. And the episodes really vary from mythical to sci-fi it kind of covers the whole spectrum you would see on something like a twilight zone but i, I really enjoy it and i'm gonna shout out this one episode called arnold it stars brian tyree henry which you know from atlanta um uh -huh. he's gonna be in the eternals he's in a bunch of stuff <laughs> but it's like a musical <laughs> and i hate musicals but it's great <laughs> so it it, it normally the episodes aren't musicals. This is one episode that's a musical, but I, I just I love it. You're gonna make me put this on my list, sir. <laughs> and I'm gonna review that episode just for you. No, don't, that's... don't, 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 don't blame yeah, me. Oh, if you I'm hate going it. to. You can't stop me. <laughs> but, <laughs> the only thing that can stop me is if I forget. <laughs> but but the, the series is certainly up and down. There's some episodes I absolutely hate and wouldn't watch again. But there's some I can recommend and say, you know, these these are pretty interesting episodes. But because I'm a fan of that type of, I'm I'm a fan of the whole. Uh, Twilight Zone, Tales from the Dark Side, that type of thing. So that it sounds like it's in my wheelhouse. I'm gonna, I'm yeah. gonna check it out. Yeah, I, I definitely recommend checking out. Like again, like if there's an episode you start, you don't like it, I just say skip it and go to the next one because they're all different and they're all kind of interesting in their own way. Uh, so yeah, that's Room 104 on HBO Max. If, if again, if you like Outer Limits, uh, Twilight Zone, 
Black Mirror, check it out. It's interesting. And that's going to be it for this episode. Once again, thanks to Tasha Pierce for joining us from After the Snap on YouTube. You should definitely go out and immediately subscribe to her YouTube channel where you get weekly live. Well, you do more than once a week for some live videos, right? Yeah, I do. the. Yeah. So the weekly wrap up is Saturdays at 3 p.m. Central Time. And uh, Film Review Friday is on Friday at 7 p.m. And this week will be a good time to watch because I am doing Halloween Kills. Oh, awesome. Awesome. So definitely if you're into the scary stuff, uh, Tasha has been reviewing a lot of those movies on various platforms. So definitely check out our reviews there to get into the spirit of the Halloween season, I would say. <laughs> but yeah, that's it, guys. As always, thank you for joining. You can hit us up at Discussing Trek on any and all social medias or hit us up fans at DiscussingTrek.com via email. Thanks for joining, guys. And until next time, live long and prosper. Thanks for listening to the Discussing Trek podcast. For more information, go to discussingtrek.com slash subscribe. doing in here? <laughs> Mon dieu! Ma petite oiseau! <laughs> I shall return! Really? The things I put up with on this ship. Be sure to subscribe to Oz9 wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You've been listening to the Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com. <laughs>